Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. So good to see you all here in the house and online. Welcome to church this morning. And I feel very encouraged actually because everything that's been said already from the platform is basically my message. So that's, how, that's what God does. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. So I realised that last time I spoke to you all, I spoke about the power of our confession. And today I want to speak to you about the power of our thoughts. The subtitle of my message is Your Mind Matters. Your Mind Matters. Do you know that 95% of our daily habits come from our subconscious thoughts? our subconscious mind, rather. Now, that's both a... I don't know about you, (laughs) but for me, that's both fascinating and scary. (laughs) Therefore, your life and my life will always move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. In other words, the life that you have right now is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. Are you happy with where your life is right now? Maybe ponder, are you happy with where your life is heading? The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 12.2, we all know this scripture so well, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we conform? It all starts with a thought. This scripture could be translated, this is the Trina, the TIV, Trina International Version. The way most people think is worldly, earthly, wisdom-dominated thoughts. And these thoughts are not heaven's way of thinking or the way to truly know what is right. The patterns of this world keep changing, but God's word and God's truth abides forever and is unchanging. Let me give you a funny example of this. It's called the booty analogy. Now, when I, there are some who think a big booty is the goal of perfection. You can even buy padded underwear. You can uh, Google YouTube and there are countless YouTube tutorials on how to get that perfect round butt. Now, back when I was started going to the gym in the late 80s, early 90s, it was the opposite. You literally worked your butt off so you didn't have a butt at all. (laughs) Go figure. Also, when I started in hairdressing in my apprenticeship, It was fashionable for men to wear the Andre Agassi long hair, mullet, short sides and long back. Whereas today, it's the opposite. Basically, you shave your head completely if you're a male. So that's just some funny examples of how the patterns of this world keep changing. And if you keep trying to keep up with them all the time, you're going to absolutely do your own head in. Another funny story, well, not a funny story, but we've all heard of the great Houdini, the master at getting out of locked rooms or locked cages. He was very famous and he used to travel around towns and to drum up business for his shows, he would go into the local jail in whatever town he was in and he would, they would lock him in the jail, you know, make it absolutely impossible for him to escape. But he always managed to get out of this prison. And there was one town where, unbeknownst to Houdini, he was locked in this jail. And unbeknownst to him, the jailer 
turned the key in the other direction. In other words, he didn't lock Houdini in at all. So Houdini constantly kept locking himself in the cell and it was the only time he never managed to break free. And in the end he said, I don't know why, but I can't get out. And so the jailer revealed his trick that he actually hadn't locked him in in the first place. This is a powerful example, I think, of our own thoughts and how the power of what we think has the power to keep us imprisoned and chained. Dr. Caroline Leaf teaches, we think, we feel, and then we choose. We think the thought, we feel the emotions of that thought, and then we choose, we act out on the thought. Addictions, fears, phobias, anxiety, depression, and I'm not making light of these things, I am not. I too have suffered with, if not all of them, a lot of them. But every emotion, in fact, that we feel as human beings on the earth can find its roots in our patterns of thinking. And this isn't my own thought, <laughs> but this is actually study that I've done. S scientific studies have come to this conclusion, which fascinates me because the Bible has come up with this conclusion way before. In Proverbs 23, 7, again, a famous scripture that we all know so well. As a man thinks in his heart, so he will become. This is why the Holy Spirit Church wants to lead us into addressing his work in our mind. Because when we begin to change our mind, when we begin to change our thoughts, it will literally change our lives. It will change our attitudes, it will change our responses through giving us the power of new perspectives. I don't know about you, but I need new perspectives in my life. It's, it's something that I've been deliberately and intentionally working on when I turned 49 last year. I thought, Trina, you're heading into your 50th year and you need to change the way that you think about so many things. To be completely honest with you, I was actually shocked and appalled. That's one of my brother's famous sayings. <laughs> favourite sayings, he was shocked and appalled. I was shocked and appalled at some of my own thoughts, to be honest, as God began to give me the awareness of them. So let me give you a little, a little scenario here, a little example. You see someone down the street that you know really well, and you are 100% sure that they saw you, but they went the other way. They crossed the road, and you were so sure they saw you. How soon does your mind kick in with those thoughts? Oh my gosh, they so saw me. What the heck is like, what? Um, how rude. A new perspective to this scenario might be honesty, first of all. I mean, haven't you done the same? Have you not seen someone and crossed the road or hoped they didn't see you or pretended to be on your phone? Or maybe it's only me that's done that. Maybe that person is having a bad day and they don't want to dump it on you. Maybe they're feeling really down and they simply can't face anyone today. They just need space. You know, it's not personal. It's not personal. Not everything that happens, not everything that everyone else does is personal to you. So stop taking what other people do or don't do so personally. You see, often... 
the way you and I experience someone else is through our thoughts about them, through our experience, sorry, through our experience with them, which is created by our thoughts, the way we think about that scenario. Here are some other thoughts to think on. Don't live in a world of thought that causes others pain. You know, we mustn't, and another one, we mustn't put so much belief in those thoughts that aren't from God or of God. We need to challenge our thought life. I'm I'm preaching to myself here. (laughs) Challenge your thought life, Trina. Philippians 4.8 says this, Whatever is pure and good and lovely and noble and just, whatever, if there's anything virtuous, think on these things. Meditate on them. You know, a true friend, if you, if you are a true friend, a true brother and sister in Christ, if you are, that person gives grace. It gives grace to others to be who they are. Understanding that we are all on this spiritual journey together and we all learn at different rates. We all understand and perceive things at different times in different ways. The revelation of a scripture or something that I believe might be different to yours at this point. The things we need, we, we understand and unravel as we need to learn them. I didn't say that well. We all perceive things in different ways, in different seasons and time frames. The things we need pertaining to our own life and our own calling. You know, I don't have the right to determine what lesson you need to learn on your journey. And you don't have the right either. It works in reverse. In fact, perhaps God is using you when I don't understand to help me to learn something that I need to understand just because I don't see it from your point of view. That's good old sandpaper ministry, my mum used to say, and iron sharpening iron. But what I am called to do and what you are called to do is to encourage one another, to pray for one another and to serve one another. You know, my own personal revelation at the moment is is this. It's something that God spoke directly into my spirit. Because let me just share with you, without going into detail, my father passed away and, and that in itself is something to deal with. But I actually was at peace with that. And he told me, this, that when we love others, sorry, shouldn't have mentioned my dad, when we love others unconditionally, then our love becomes like God's love. Isn't that amazing? It blew my mind. And that is what God calls us to do. Moving on, limitations in our thinking. They are learned. Limitations are learned. No beautiful bouncing baby that comes into the world starts judging or comparing itself to others. Can you imagine a beautiful, your, uh, if you're a parent, can you imagine your beautiful baby coming into the world saying, why am I chubbier than that baby? Why am I an eight pounder? Why wasn't I born a six pounder? Why am I the biggest baby in the nursery? Mum, you better put me straight on that keto None of that breast milk, you better put me straight on that keto formula. The law of the lid states the culture and the family and the friends and the peers that you grew up in will definitely have influenced your thoughts and beliefs. Whether you're a Christian or not, just because you're a Christian, you're not exempt from that. When we are young and when we're going through life, we have experiences, either negative or positive. And then, do you know what? 
your mind and my mind will continue then to look for evidence, confirmation of those experiences to establish them as truth. This is called a cognitive bias, where then you begin to think everything is going to be that way. It's usually our, our blind spot. Our cognitive bias is usually our blind spot. We believe, we begin to believe that life is always going to be like that, positive or negative. Have you ever met people like that? One person can only see what they lack and the other person in the same situation is grateful for what they actually do have. Paul Bob used to say it, if you only look for fault, you'll find it. We've all met people like that who just naturally seem to have a happy, positive outlook and others who do not. This has happened since the fall. When Adam and Eve fell in the garden, this is when our mind and our, and our thoughts began to be corrupted by this cognitive bias. You know, church, we may have experienced hurt, and we all have, or betrayal, but that doesn't mean no one can ever be trusted again. And I would encourage you to think about what are some of your limiting beliefs about? What are they, some of your limiting beliefs about God? Can he really be trusted? The scripture, other people, races, even other religions. Do you believe the world is mostly full of evil? What about money? Well, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, so I'd better hold on to it tight. I can't afford to be generous. The church just wants your money. That kind of mindset doesn't understand investment versus spending. Giving into the kingdom of God is investment. It's not spending. It's an investment mindset. What about this one? God helps those who help themselves, which, by the way, isn't a scripture. <laughs> it's not found in the Bible. And um, so I need to be self-sufficient because God helps those who help themselves and I'm doing life my, my way. Our mind is an expert at reminding us of these things. It keeps past experiences stored in a futile effort to protect us from future harm or danger. That's just what it does by default. Our primitive brain, if you want to call it, our Adam and Eve mindset from the fall in the garden, it, it, it wants to protect us, which is why we can fall into this negative mind loop. It's its job to make us feel safe and protected at all costs, even if what we believe isn't true. And in doing so, it will keep up a particular train of thought on a habitual loop, running on a set track like a train, reminding us. And remember as well, we have an enemy, Satan, the devil, who also loves to set the train in motion. He likes to press the play button and watch it go around in our head without much help at times. But remember, he can't read your thoughts he can't read our thoughts. Only God is omniscient. But he can bombard us with these past experience thoughts, these thoughts of overwhelm, reminding us of our own failings or how others have failed us, thoughts of anxiety or worry or fear. Because he also knows the scripture that as we think we will be. So he wants to give us those kind of thoughts. We'll either be anxious or at peace, critical or loving, sick or in good health. And one of his best is this one, don't fall for it. One of his best tricks is what I call enemy syndrome complex. 
Have you ever met those people who always seem to have an enemy or something or someone that they are against? Don't fall prey to that one. It's one of his biggest schemes. It's these thoughts that keep us stuck. And most of the time we're unaware of it because they're so familiar. They're so familiar we can be completely unaware. The truth is, yes, many of us have had these real negative experiences. They did happen. They did happen. Maybe 10 or 20 years ago, depending on how old you are, how, how long you've lived on the earth, maybe some of them only happened last week. But the big butt here, the big booty here, is they will not help us or serve us anymore for today or moving forward in our lives. An interesting uh, medical fact that I came across when I was preparing, do you know that when, do you know when a cell becomes cancerous? It becomes cancer when it refuses to die. And it takes, isn't that amazing? And it takes over the other cells. Our thoughts can be likened to this. You know, there are many times we can read the scriptures. I don't know about you, but maybe it's just me. But there's many times we can read them. And we, like, just like Paul, we can feel like we fall really short of the mark. In Romans seven fifteen to 20, he says, The good I want to do, I do not understand. I do not practice it. And what I hate, I do it. Have you ever felt like that? And feel very short of the mark. But our hope, and I love Paul because every time, the more I read, again, with fresh eyes and a fresh perspective, he shows us how you can have a heart for God and be completely human and still serve God. It's very encouraging. But I love the second part of this in verse 24 and 25. He asks the question, who can, de- who can deliver me from this body of death? But the answer is it's Christ who can. And we rely on his grace, church. See, we're in a process of sanctification. It's our continuing journey. It's not finished yet. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, it says, I have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. We need to believe it. And in John 16.13, it says the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. This truth is about who God is and his power in our life, the wisdom and the presence that we have within us. This truth is also about what we need to see and be made aware of about ourselves. Ouch. The thoughts and intents of our own heart is the truth also that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into so that we can see what needs to be surrendered in order for healing and change. I don't know about you, but I go, I don't want to see. I don't want, I do, but I don't, I don't want to see. But seeing is your friend and truth is our freedom. As we allow the Holy Spirit room, we can bring both our attention, our awareness and our intention to our limiting belief systems. I've spoken to you this about to you about this before and I referred to it as remember we all have our own BS, our belief systems. It is then when we have this awareness that we move from trying to change into spiritual training. From trying to change into spiritual training. Attention is what the Holy Spirit brings as we allow him to, is the awareness of the thought. See, when, if we're not aware, 
And like I said, our thoughts can be so familiar, the wrong thinking can become so familiar that we're not aware that it is anymore. But the Holy Spirit brings the awareness and the attention of the thought. We notice, oh, there's that same old condemning thought again, that judgmental thought or response. Curiosity says, why does this keep coming up for me? Why do I keep thinking like this? I know it's not true. We challenge and interrupt this thought pattern, the old thinking, and we acknowledge that, yeah, once it might have even been true, once it might have even worked for us, but it's no longer true present day and it's not going to help me move forward. This thought no longer needs validation in my life. It just doesn't serve you anymore and it's no longer true present day. Yes, that may have happened back then. That may have even been true about me back then, but it no longer is present day and future. And number two is where we bring in that intention. We bring intention to the old habit loop to deliberately interrupt it and replace it with the truth of God's word. You see, how do we apply God's word in our life? How does that begin to override the old thinking? The same way the old thinking started. We've got to keep reminding ourselves of it. We've got to keep confessing it. Even if we don't believe it, we confess it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have the mind of Christ. Find scriptures that pertain to the thought that's troubling you and replace it over and over like that other train track. And then we will create, as Dr. Caroline Leaf loves to teach on, the new track. And it takes time and it takes intention and it takes allowing the Holy Spirit to make us aware. Oh yeah, there it is again. I don't need to validate that thought any longer. We allow the truth and the space for God's presence and for um, the new thought to reroot and the old thought to leave. We don't fight darkness with darkness and we we don't fight thought with more thought. That will drive you crazy. The truth of God's word is what renews our mind. You know, it can be a rabbit warren in there. I love what Shakespeare says, too much thought has driven you mad. But rather, as we allow, as I've said, the the power of the pause, the Holy Spirit has room to bring in his peace and his truth and his presence. Just really quickly, I just want to give three tips to help you grow in your thinking. Number one is the right people. Find someone in your life who is several, if not many, many, many steps ahead of you. Not just one step, but there's so many steps ahead of you that you will see radical differences between the way they think and the way you think. It's actually really good to be around people who don't believe what you believe. That might sound like heresy, but it's actually a really good thing because it causes you to understand and remember and believe what you believe and why you believe it. And maybe it shows you your limitations. Oh, okay, I haven't thought that way before. I haven't seen it from that perspective before. Number two, Resistance. Watch for where you have the most resistance. This is really interesting. Often when we find ourselves disagreeing straight away about something, or whoa, the walls go up, or we have a really strong reaction of opposition, it's usually to a different idea or a new idea. It can actually be a cue that we need to pay attention and think about why. 
It's at whatever point you disagree the strongest, it can often indicate where you have the most to learn. Become a student and not a critic. I love this quote. The third step, sorry, is humility. I love this quote from Mark Twain. It says, what gets us into trouble is not what we know, it's what we know for sure that just ain't so. I love that. What gets us into trouble is not what we know, it's what we know for sure that just ain't so. When we believe something that isn't true, it will always have an effect on our lives, our choices, our decisions, the way we treat ourselves and others. So the third one, as I said, is humility, being willing to be wrong. Sometimes we think things and we have to admit that actually we were wrong. Like I said, I've been surprised and shocked at some of the things I've thought that were actually completely wrong and I didn't even know it. I was unaware. I used to think that what I did was more important than who I am at my core. I used to think I had to look or be a certain way to be loved and accepted. There's many things I used to think that aren't true. I used to think that I was only close to God when I felt like I was. I used to think that God only loved me when I was doing the right thing. There are many things we can think that aren't true. I just feel that I have a word for someone here. God wants you to know that your past isn't dead weight only. Your past has given you a lot of knowledge, learning and experience. Do you know, life isn't linear. Trust me, if it was, we'd be bored. You think you want everything to always go your way, but you would be so bored. But life isn't linear. It takes all different twists and turns. And we are to take from it the gold and the wisdom that we find and forgiveness and Christ-like unconditional love are the tools, church, to bring healing and release to others and to ourselves. I have a word for our young people, our young people, our youth, our young adults. Craig Crashell, I'm not going to um, steal his thunder, he, he says this quote, sin is fun until it messes you up. I love that. Anyone honest enough to relate? When it stopped working for us, but we keep on doing it anyway, that's when it becomes an unhealthy habit or an addiction. So young people, hear that word and take it as God's wisdom for your life while there's still time. The most spiritual practice that we have, church, is the power of choice, to choose, choose what is right. Choose what is right. Just as we come around, our, you know, a time of reflection and where we think about our salvation, here's a thought for you as well. What if you are as close to God as you think you are? In other words, God is always close. God is always close. He never moves away from you. Yeah, the scripture says it's your sin that separates you from God. Yes, it does say that. But that could actually be translated. It separates you from God because you feel far from him, not because he's moved. Like Adam and Eve, we want to hide and run from God, but God hasn't moved. He hasn't moved at all. So the only reason that our sin separates us from God is from our point of view, not from God. He's closer than ever. He's closer than ever. Don't you love that? See, I used to think my sin separated me from God in the point of view that God shunned me. 
and he didn't accept me. But that's not the truth. That is not the truth. Because of what Christ did on the cross, he bore our sin and our shame. It wouldn't make sense that he ran away from sin then when he saw it in us, when he bore it on the cross. If your relationship with God is dependent on your love and feelings for him, then it's in big trouble because that's not what it's dependent upon. Your relationship with God and mine is only dependent on his love for you, which is eternal and unconditional. It's unconditional, church. We are not cured from sin. We are not cured from sin. We are cleansed from sin. Salvation doesn't mean perfection. That will never fall short again. It means God's grace is available to us when we do. When we do. This is the message of salvation through faith in Christ. That God doesn't love you any extra when you're doing well than he does when you're struggling. Thank thank God for that. This revelation is powerful. We love him because he first loved us. I'm just going to invite Pastor Jason to lead us in prayer. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.